0: Have a cup of tea, have a cup of
1: tea, have a cup of tea, have a cup of tea, have a ah, cup of tea. He's strict, Hi. isn't you? Hi. Right. Hello, Hello. And welcome, welcome to, to sugary, sugary, brew. sugary Brew, a podcast in which me, James Brewer, and you, Danny Sugar, Basically make excuses
0: for Mr. Chai not being on.
1: Yeah, oh, bless every him, Mr. Chai.
0: So, unfortunately, it wasn't his fault this week. Um, because of the heavy rainfall, the road between my house and James's house was actually closed for pretty much the whole week. So we've had to reschedule Mr. Chai one more time for now. I did tell you not to promise yeah. last week, didn't
1: I? I know. You jinxed I was it. so confident, too. I made a lovely vegetarian uh curry for us all to eat again. Nice. Which I've had yesterday and today. All your and curries nice.
0: seem so far away.
1: Bye. <laughs> That's superb. It was a it was a cauliflower and vegetable biryani. It was very nice. Hell so yeah, thank it was.
0: You. That sounds marvellous.
1: <laughs> Bloody marvelous. Bloody
0: marvellous. So in another unusual remote recording, our unusual format is becoming our actual format.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, we swing with the the punches, we roll with the roll with the swing. Oh. <laughs> 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 and I'm prepared to, you know, play it by ear. Uh, it's new normals. the 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 2020s have been, have been about new normals and. Us recording our amateurish podcast remotely has become the new norm. Yeah. Well,
0: I'm drinking peppermint tea right now again. This is this is my away from James Comfort brew.
1: Oh, what about you? Bless you. Um I'm drinking Boundary Road Brewery's American Pale Ale, the Eighteenth Amendment. It's it's very nice. It's my my regular weekly beer of choice. I've I've got a I've got a few things to talk about this week. Go on. Um, and you'll edit that bit <laughs>
0: yeah so did you want to update the listeners on the poopy story from last week? And the, uh, the yes. doctor
1: the doctor's appointment or the doctor the doctor was fantastic um and made us feel very um Zoe's so constipated basically. Mm. Um, we're, we're doing a pretty good job of giving her decent food and lots of water. Maybe you should try more junk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but she just basically is just mildly constipated, which led her to, um, you know, her early poo experiences. She had a couple of unpleasant ones, which have caused a psychological um, uh, reaction to pooing, a negative reaction to pooing, and which means she holds it in a little bit which means it becomes harder to pass and more painful. Mm. So we're on a a mild uh, stool-loosening laxative. Hell yeah, you are. (laughs) The world knows now. Well, Um, I mean,
0: you brought brought it up last week and said that you were going to the doctor, so I I I guess the world was on tenterhooks waiting for the
2: result.
1: I I figure that... that, um, I'm not the only one going through this. Zoe isn't the only one going through this. <laughs> like, um, our, I think our um, Samba episode hmm. describing Samba's um, leaving of the world was was probably the episode that's had the most um, reach and feedback and, and impact for our listeners. Um, and Zoe having constipation, I thought, was the nearest I can do to that. You know, real world kind of issues. Mm, the poo i know i know then it's the not it's not passing. direct comparison <laughs> but you know what i mean yeah 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 so that's good we've got that sorted so yeah so she she's she's um on a daily dose of this 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 stool uh, loosening laxative um which makes her feel very special and important and it's gonna make the make it easier for her to poo and in time it'll it'll remove that psychological barrier to to pooing which means she won't hold it in anymore, which, yeah, it's so all going to be all right. It's already made it.
0: Poopies are, are flowing better, but she's still gun-shy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she is. She is still gun-shy. She's, that, that she's poophobic. That
0: will, yeah, that will pass. Well, hopefully. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Moving swiftly on. we move on to a slightly less, uh, less fecal topics and and come back after this short interlude to discuss um some cultural highlights of the week
0: yeah we should so um also I had a quick chat with Edwin before this thrown together episode came about our literary giant literally giant well he's not actually literally giant but I like to say that anyway um
1: I dug out my copy of his book the other day. Had a little little reread. Nice. Very good.
0: What well, he hasn't read, um, *Sunken Land* rises again, but right. he has recently read Stephen King's *Cujo*. Have you read that? No. Okay, Well, you guys can have plenty to talk about then. A- about books, about that, not, books that, that the other person read. has not read, and I've not read either. So I'll be in good company. There
1: we go. Sounds like <laughs> so. Mint we'll see if we can make that
0: gold. We'll see if we can make that happen shortly. But um, until then, we'll be back
1: after this. Welcome, back. welcome back,
0: <laughs> welcome Jolly
1: back, Jolly welcome. So jolly this back. week
0: uh, we have we have a. Wonderful series that we've both watched this week. Absolutely. On James's recommendation because he loves Paul McCartney. I do. It is McCartney 321, the Hulu mini series with Rick Rubin and Paul McCartney just talking
1: about Paul McCartney and stuff. Yeah, I think it's specifically about songwriting and recording um yeah they it's beautifully shot i thought i thought it was visually incredibly simple obviously but beautifully shot black and white yeah um so rubin and mccartney have, have teed up various um mccartney tracks on a on a recording console so that they can they can isolate different different um audio tracks within the song to you know hi- highlight the um vocals whatever really lovely part i thought was they were analysing? Um, Maybe I'm amazed from McCartney's first solo album in 1970, and they found a, a, a guitar part that is is on the the, the track, but, ed, but 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 not you know is, is faded down. So it's not it's on not on the the released master, but it's obviously lying dormant still on on the master tape. So it's fascinating mm. to hear how right he was to not include that little bit of guitar in in the in the the end of the, the track fascinating to to go yeah. through that
0: it's actually quite interesting because uh, in some like obviously as they were they were playing a lot with the favors mm. and talking about stories and talking about elements and instruments and i just like it was really fascinating but also um like they were kind of discussing whether this actually made it into the track or not yeah. in the final thing or whether it was actually quiet or loud and it was just really interesting to hear things completely out of context yeah. um I really enjoyed this series That's cool. and so did anna we we really loved it um pretty much as soon as it started um I just had a smile on my face and i couldn't wipe it off for the next like six episodes we watched it in two Du- two nights. Wonder. They're 30 minute episodes. So, um, pretty, um, pretty swift. I mean, th- my only disappointment was that it was over <laughs> and it didn't really, it didn't really finish on any kind of big crescendo. It was, it was like, it fi- it finished the same as any other of the episodes. Episode six finished on the same tone as five to one,
1: and and started on the same tone. Right? It wasn't. It wasn't. It mm. was very informal. We were eavesdropping on Rubin Yeah, and which I I loved. Talking, I really loved I, it. I thought it was very well.
0: Rick Rubin is is just like a he's he's a he's a very lovable, cuddly hippie who yeah. um, very much knows what he's talking about. I, I thought. Um, um,
1: he was a very personable, intelligent, knowledgeable, fan interviewer. Right. Have you heard him interview before? No. Okay. He, he's
0: he's he got a podcast where he has interviewed a lot of famous people. Okay. I right? uh, mentioned recently, um, I listened to him interviewing Brian Eno, which oh, okay. I thought was a really interesting interview. But he is just such a... He is very much like a friend and a fan and just like a very natural interviewer. And I think it made Paul McCartney seem really comfortable. And it was just like, it was amazing to hear all those stories about namings of songs and different track selection, like different instrument choices. And and it just like, for me, not being a huge Beatles fan and not being a huge McCartney fan, not that I'm not. Yeah, not yeah. That I've ever disliked. I've never disliked any of it, but I've never been a huge fan. That where I, I just like, you know, religiously know all the songs, yeah. and just I think like just moments before Rick Rubin basically said the same thing. It's one of the main things that was amazing to me was like those songs that are, are so ubiquitous that you just you you hear them as a whole, yeah. and you never really. St- Th- isolate the pieces and I've never really noticed really the genius of Paul McCartney yeah. and like in his bass playing and in the songwriting and I'm thoroughly impressed like with it all I was just I'll, I'll, I was I'll really inspired it by it yeah you let him know I know you've got like that yeah, red telephone that goes directly to yeah. McCartney back yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, I, I, I've been talking a lot You, you say what you think
1: I'm fascinated to hear um, a non-fan's thoughts on it um, uh, compared to you know. I I think I'm probably um, pretty pretty deep in fandom of McCartney and the Beatles. Um, Mm. It gets way deeper than me. I have no no. um, (laughs) I think I think I'm still healthy, right? Um, The the people that
0: introduce the three or more Beatles podcasts that you listen to (laughs) on a weekly
1: basis. Ah, probably. Well, this is this is this is this is a level of my fandom. I, I spent today. So today, um, I've been laying, relaying my driveway with my father-in-law, um, and I've been listening. I found a podcast of sort of doing some research for the upcoming Peter Jackson Get Back series. Um, mm. So a podcast that goes through the Beatles Get Back sessions, and I listened to. I think I'm up to episode 10 of this podcast called Winter of Discontent, which is what um, George Harrison called that. that, that those sessions. Um, the first eight sessions cover the first day of recording. The first eight episode, podcast episode. <laughs> wow. So I've been listening pretty much in real time, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. To them talking about all, all sorts of stuff. It's, it's really... Fascinating listening to me, but my point is that you know, watching McCartney 90 percent of what McCartney talks about are tried and tested anecdotes. Right? Th- there was nothing new. This is this is the you you're the tried and tested anecdote man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: whenever whenever you whenever we watch any documentary, usually it's something about something that you know a lot about already, <laughs> and I know nothing about. Right be it the band or be it McCartney um, or cricket McCartney or cricket or um
1: David Attenborough yeah right for that for, for that matter um no i mean <laughs> that's so that's not meant as I, a I, criticism um so the 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 kind of talk in fandom is it's a bit pedestrian a bit you know they didn't go um, I i didn't think that at all i i, I loved even 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 if if we weren't learning anything new seeing them really vibing over or yeah. enthusing you know over over yeah the, the baseline to lovely Rita or whatever was sheer delightfulness um I, I really yeah, enjoyed the story the story again which is well known of of McCartney in the pre Beatles days going to the to the gigs and playing this French thing on acoustic guitar. So someone talking French. Because to you know, to, yeah. to to appear like a beatnik and to appear cool. Um yeah. and I thought he went into more detail on that. Um I, I really enjoyed the solo stuff that he talked about. That was fresh to me from the solo stuff. Sure. I really I thought right, it was right. fascinating as an example, um talking about the track Waterfalls from McCartney Two from his second solo album. So he he spit oh, Beatles recorded McCartney one in 1970, which was just called McCartney. Then um, fa- formed Wings at home on
0: his own, which was
1: which was by, cool. by himself with analog um, recording straight into a recorder, no console, just yeah, incredible. Um, formed Wings, Wings got huge, split up, and then as Wings were splitting up, he just got a load of electronic early synthesizer stuff and recorded McCartney mm. two. His second solo solo album, which has got, which is also all purely just McCartney, but with all these kind of weird early synth stuff on it. Um, mm-hmm. The song that everyone probably knows from that is coming up. Brilliant stuff. Um, number one in America, but the live version, not the McCartney 2 version, Beatle fans. Um, okay. But uh, they, they talked about um, a song that you really liked, which is an outtake from McCartney 2. Mm. And I, I thought, which I can't remember what it's called, uh, something about machine. Check my machine. That's it. Which is a groove song, right? Yeah, I. So I'm
0: really into that experimental stuff, and I found it like, I mean, it's from I, being in a creative musical rut at the moment. Yeah, I found the whole thing super inspiring, like the whole series, and and like just the freedom that they. I mean the freedom that they were allowed because of their size obviously yeah. just to hang out in a studio and do whatever they want. But really in modern day anyone who wants that freedom has it at home to some well, yeah, extent. I think the
1: the the limited um technology that they had mm. and 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 the technology they had was incredibly limited. They had four tracks until Abbey Road, right? So they were they were mm. any overdubs had to be bounced down onto a single track that bounce down the back of the track onto mm. a, the, 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 the basic track onto, onto a single track and then record on one of the free tracks, thereby mm. losing quality. They've bounced down. You make, um, which you, Danny, you can, you're making a recording. You press a button, do something twiddly and experimental. If it's cool, it stays. If it doesn't, you just delete it as many times as you like. Right. Yeah, But, yeah, I
0: I yeah, but I think that that can actually be um that can that can be worse. No, exactly, that's what I'm
1: saying. Which is why, <laughs> uh, like the white stripes in the nineties, um, for each album set different limitations on themselves, right? We're gonna mm. have no mm. guitar or we're gonna have whatever it was for this album and, and we're gonna have no whatever for this album. Yeah. Marimba only on this album. Um in order to to to, to um fuel some creativity to, you know, by by shackling yourself. It's a very Eno, again. But but the other track from McCartney too that McCartney talked about was Waterfalls. A a really sweet little moment was Rubin's talking to McCartney about how it sounds very contemporary to 2021. And McCartney just kind of is is focusing on these little um, synthesised orchestral stings and says, yeah, this had a bit weedy. I we should had gone back and got an orchestra or you know, George Martin to do a beautiful score and everything. And Rubin mm. says, no, it wouldn't be what it is yeah. if you did that. That's yeah. why it's cool. Yeah. Which is, um, which I th- and, and then McCartney's um, reaction to that was lovely, um, which brought into mind his reaction to Lennon saying that the movement you need is on your shoulder is the greatest line in Hey Jude, mm. keep that line. Um, because McCartney was going to change it yeah loved it
0: loved it um I really really enjoyed the format it was just like hanging out with them you know it was it was um it was just really it was really cool and um I really liked how if McCartney would just suddenly go, oh and then i you know I had this piano thing and he'd just run over yeah. to the piano or pick up the yeah. guitar and start playing the 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 original thought yeah. he had you know and, and that was just like it was just really. Fun, you know, to hang out with them for a while.
1: I I wanted to, I wanted to do it more.
0: Yeah, I did too. So yeah, have you got any other notes you want to cover no, on that?
1: I could talk about it all day, but um, it made me want to. It made me really look forward to the Get Back films. Yeah, which are coming yeah. out late August, twenty fourth, twenty fifth, twenty sixth. I think um, we should. It's going to be a different experience, right? It's not going to be the same. Um, yeah, 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 Format, um, but it made me want to want to find a way of kind of exploring Beatledom with you more.
0: Yeah, well, I'm I'm totally down because I like it. Just inspired me to to really listen. Like like I was saying before, I think with the with the the fact that I mean, even as a non-Beatle fan, I reckon obviously I've heard. Oh. Probably, you I know, could... 75% of every song they've ever yeah. released, right? You
1: could go through 100 Beatles songs and you would know every single one.
0: Yeah, exactly. And for, but for that reason, and, and like, it's... I've never really, like, I, I've always heard them as songs and I've like gone, oh yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. But I've never really, really stopped and listened to each yeah. instrument and, and try and pull apart the decisions that were made. And that's why I found fascinating about this series.
1: There's a really interesting, um, like, I think 10, 15 years ago, they, you know the, the PlayStation rock band thing mm. where you play along and you're in whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they yeah, did yeah, the yeah, Beatles yeah. version of it. Yeah. And in order to do that, they had to commercially release on PlayStation or whatever, the completely broken apart Beatle tracks. So on, yeah. on YouTube now you can hear isolated vocal takes. You can hear isolated bass takes, isolated everything. It's, you know, if I weren't a father to a two-year-old and making driveways and trying to sell rocks, I wouldn't get out of bed. I'd just listen to isolated takes of, you know, the harmonies of Because or whatever. It would be um, the bass line on I Want You, She's So Heavy, whatever. Um, Ringo's squeaky drum pedal is is a feature of early Beatles songs um mm. and it's brilliant I love
0: it yeah that's no, really good and I'm looking forward to listening to some
1: Beatles with you yeah mate
0: in the near
1: future let's do it all right Should we, let's move on to other things all right well we'll um <laughs> on that note I think that was our best section yeah we'll mate. be back we'll be back after this after this Hi. Hi! Hey, welcome, welcome back to we have a Sugary surprise Brew. Guest,
0: Edwin I'm very surprised. Cray, the literally <laughs> giant of the podcast, who just minutes ago proclaimed to be too
1: tired to pod, but then too tired to fucking record with Sugary Brew. That's know, bullshit, man. But, but um, oh, you're since <laughs> you're about to, Hi, my, do you want to come on a recording session with the Beatles? No, I'm a bit bit sleepy actually. My understanding was it's that... It's past my bedtime. It's past your bedtime, <laughs> but also you're procrastinating
0: about doing the dishes, which is what spurred you to bad. come on the podcast, because when you get off, you'll be definitely too tired.
1: You're only <laughs> talking to us so you can get out of doing the washing up?
2: Yes. No. No. Not at all. Not at all. Welcome on the show. You're our first
0: live remote guest. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, my
2: gosh. Uh, all right. Um what, what can I say? I don't know about being a literally giant. Rach just described me as a generic gnome um, before. No, <laughs> a genre, genre gnome. <laughs> that's what it was. A genre, genre gnome. <laughs> um, Which is I, better than a gen- g- generic... A
0: generic gnome. genre
2: gnome. Oh, hopefully. Hopefully. Mm. Um, I live in a yurt with my lovely lady and a beautiful pooch uh, down on the Catlins. Um, I... Teach game design and write stuff for a living. That's about me.
0: That makes you our That's most qualified, wonderful. literally giant, and our most to the pub. Uh,
1: exotic guest ever. Yep. Wow. I'm because honest. Mr. Chai
0: has been on, but then we didn't publish it. So you've <laughs> <basically, you're... laughs> we had him on, but we didn't record
1: him. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so the Catlins the Catlins
2: in middle of winter is is not boiling hot, right? Mm, no. No, it's it's rather oh, we had a nice day today, but yeah, it can get pretty cold. Have you got a log burner in your yurt? Yes. Yurts being log Mongolian, burns. right? So mm-hmm. dealing with
1: Mongolian winters. Yep. Yep. Are uh, nice and warm
2: and cope well with Katlin's winters. Yes, it does. It's like wool lined, so there's like uh, like canvas on the outs, like inside and outside, and then it's wall line. So um, you're gonna yeah, have to take a nice photo
0: now for Facebook.
2: Oh, all right. I'll see if I <laughs> not
0: not right now. Not right
2: now. Do not it after. Right now. Oh, all oh, no, right. No. Okay.
1: So, um, cool. He's very strict, isn't he? Yes, I, am. I, I know. <laughs> take a photo off, but not now. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, I, I would like to. I would like to to start this little chat with thank you for listening over the past few months. Thank you for your feedback and I've got 10% battery. Thank you for your feedback and 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 input over the last few episodes. Most welcome. Um you you came to mind last episode um because I completely failed to get on with um sunken lands begin to rise again by M John Harrison. Yes. And yes. I would love to send my copy, I, I finished it during the week. Oh, and I still think it was a load of old twaddle. <laughs> um, I'd love to send you guys <laughs> my copy of Twaddle um, and see if you can tell me why it's not shit.
2: <laughs> well, I think Rachel's put her hand up uh, to to read this twaddle and, <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> try to decipher the, 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 the shit from the, from the uh, literary genius. Um, <laughs> the so we'll give it a chats. shot. We'll give it a shot. I, had, I have to say, I read the uh, description on Goodreads and it actually sounded quite interesting. So I'm, 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 I'm intrigued. It, it's, it's a hell of a lot
1: more dull than, it, than the, 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 <laughs> the blurb. It's, oh because right. it sounds like it kind of really ominous. conspiracies and yeah. weird shit happening and but maybe you
0: just missed it yeah, maybe you it missed just, it all. Don't, don't, just... don't color his uh don't don't color his experience of it if he's actually going to read it just send him the book and then we'll we'll discuss it in a future episode
1: well, that's a, a very good very good call dad
0: otherwise you're likely to just make him not want to bother
2: <laughs> you're scaring me away from although it
0: although Rachel can not um, hear any of this so she may well actually still want to bother
2: yeah
1: yeah she quite like quite <laughs> well, I, I will, of I will it. send it to you in the week along with along with a fossil or two and you can you can decorate your yurt with fossils read sunken lands begin to rise again and tell me why i am a poor reader of literary fiction i'm not going to tell you that <laughs> <laughs>
2: Tell me
1: tell me, if tell I, me
2: gently. Yeah, okay. I'll, What's I'll, all that, that
0: clickety-clacketing?
2: Oh, so that is Rachel tending to our wood burner, which is also ah. our cooker in general. Um, oh, sort of, lovely. Yeah, it's really nice. Can we see the wood burner? Yeah. I'll just turn around. I don't know if you, can you see it? It's a bit hard to see in the oh, light. Oh, it's beautiful. So i to make it out roughly. Nice. Absolutely. Where's the bathroom? Outside. Oh, <laughs> yes, all the way over there. You're so exotic, mm. <laughs> rustic. <laughs> it's
1: like 1950, isn't
2: it? <laughs> I think they had indoor bathrooms in 1950, didn't they? I think they, they were. Maybe, they were. I think maybe, not everywhere, did. No, maybe 1850. <laughs> we, well, look, you know, toilet was in his coal shed. Oh, <laughs> nice. For how long?
0: Well, just recently, I had a coal shed growing up. Yeah, I know. Um, I said your toilet was in your coal, coal
1: shed, James. There was one. I did have a toilet in my coal shed. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs>
2: did your parents <laughs> no. ever like bring the coal in and go, "Yeah, why is me? this coal no. all wet? I can't light the
1: fire with us. Oh dear! Yeah, exactly. Ours was actually entirely full of wax because mum and dad made candles, and that's oh? where they stored their wax. But. Oh, cool! There, there were shandlers. I I have to go and go and plug my my phone in because it's about to die. Um, Danny, ask can you ask a um, searching and inspiring question to keep Edwin talking for the next five minutes?
2: I can. I can <laughs> no try. At all.
1: So you're telling me you've
0: read Stephen King's Cujo recently? Oh
2: yes, I just finished it last night, and mm-hmm. um, it was really, really good like surprisingly good. I went in a little weary because it's kind of renowned as one of the books that he wrote when he was, um, uh, at uh, the worst of his alcoholism and drug addiction and kind of right. and still apparently doesn't remember writing it. Really? Yeah, but it's really good. It's right. It doesn't show any signs of that. Um, it's just a really good, what would I call it? It's still, yeah, it's definitely horror. Um, but it's a wonderful kind of psychological horror because it's basically, you know, it's about a dog, this lovely St. Bernard that gets rabies. Um, But it's all about the kind of what all the characters are going through internally and about the sort of everyday horrors that they're sort of dealing with. Um, Mm. From, you know, dealing with wives having affairs and... Businesses falling apart and kind of just everyday t- t- tough stuff, tough life. So and, how, how's that? Small how is that all
0: weaved into the um, into the rabies narrative?
2: Well, the the main thing is that the um, I guess a you learn about the characters and their lives, so that you care more about them when they get killed off by Cujo, which is nice, and then. Um, but it's also like, uh, at the same time, you get to spend a little bit of time in Cujo's brain as well, as he's mm. degenerating from having contracted rabies, the poor thing. And he starts out as this, you know, beautiful, lovely dog, and you just you kind of witness his mental deterioration, which leads him to then doing what he does. Um, so you know, is
0: that like narrated as a as as a human? voice in english on the dog's behalf or how is that
2: yeah yeah it is yeah and um interesting right yeah sort of you know human interpretation of what a dog might be thinking so it's probably it's definitely anthropomorphized but it's interesting his mental degeneration kind of reflects the other characters and what they're going through and how their kind of thought processes you know, degenerate depending on how much emotional stress they're under as well. So it's right. sort of yeah. My so. my dog is currently having a
1: degenerating on the sofa, having a little dream. <laughs> and, oh, I think I think I think she's picking up on the dog theme. Or oh, uh, this
2: one's asleep. Is that your own dog, Edwin? Uh, no, we're. We're oh, dog sitting.
0: Dog sitting. So th- oh,
2: cool. Yeah. So that's Tesla. She's a Fizzler Ridgeback. Dear Tesla, Tesla. Yeah, Tesla. Right. because she was, she was found apparently outside the Tesla, the Nikola Tesla Museum in Croatia, and the owner oh. brought her back to the Catlins.
0: Wow. Okay.
2: Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll have to have a photo of right. her too. Oh, I'll send it um, through.
0: All right. Brilliant.
1: <laughs> I would like to know what the. What differentiates literary from
2: genre fiction? Oh, gosh. Uh, really um, uh, depends if it's, I would say, literally, literary, if it's been traditionally published and then um, had lots of tossy reviews written about it. But <laughs> 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 that's, that's my cynical view of it. No, I guess it's... Seriously, though, it's about whether the book is trying to entertain or whether it's trying to, I guess, say something. So if it's sort of taking a, a shot at exploring something, some difficult subject about the human condition, then yeah. it's probably yeah. heading towards literary. Which is what?
1: I mean, genre fiction does that too, though, right? I mean, Stephen King yeah. is, is, apart from apart from his um but I mean, it's it's horror or supernatural reflective, but it's all it's all about the human condition um
2: yeah i would, so it, I it's would essentially almost, snobbishness i've always thought so personally but you know um well not necessarily i guess it's there's gray areas like horror horror is a great one and stephen mm. king is a great example because he's kind of do, he does both he's writing within a what's normally called a genre fiction area. Um, But he is exploring the human condition, which is why he's so damn good. But whereas, you know, then you get other hack and slash horror writers and uh, urban fantasy writers and such who are purely just entertaining. Um, Yeah. And, you know, not trying to ask any deeper, meaningful questions about anything really. So, uh, yeah, I mean, is it snobbish? I don't know.
0: I've got a little question. the, Sunken lands begin to rise again. Would you say, James, that that fits neatly into a genre?
1: I yeah, twaddle. <laughs> so Wandy I mean, genre. So basically, pretentious
0: literary bullshit. fiction is basically <laughs> the twaddle genre of genre fiction.
2: Um,
0: potentially, <laughs> potentially.
2: Well, where like for instance, where would you put someone like Jeff Vandermeer? So Jeff Vandermeer wrote uh, *Annihilation*, the book uh, mm. that was then mm. turned into the what's her name, Natalie Portman movie, mm. right? And he I, I, is—I I don't know. Yeah, he's like what I would call. What about lit-
1: someone like Julian Barnes? Right, Julian Barnes, Julian or, Barnes. or um, any of the 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 kind of who wrote who wrote um, *Atonement*? Ian McEwan. Oh, Ian McEwan. Yeah, he's a
2: good example. Um, so that, that's literary fiction, right? It is, but it's readable literary fiction. <laughs> I think that's the difference. It's yeah, a, yeah.
1: It, it should all be, shouldn't it? I mean, that's that's the point. I mean, I, I guess in the same way as, as music or movies, I, I, I think... You I love McEwen. John Irving would be literary
2: fiction, right? That's who I would thought of when you, or is that you more said culpy? Ian McEwen. I think it's John Irving. Hotel New Hampshire, World According to Garb. World According to Garp, that's the one. I love that book. Um... It's super okay. Hey? Yeah. Um, I would call it I would call it literary. I, got.
1: I get on with that. But I I I think is that
2: literary enough
1: to be literary fiction?
2: Oh yeah. Like I don't, I think so. Yes, I think it is. Because it right. it does ask really quite pointed questions about the human condition. Um Yeah, 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 yeah but how so does Ben Elton regularly mm-hmm. and, and and his work is really is accessible, genre, right? I mean, Ben Elton is not
1: literary fiction. He's, he's popular. Like Nick Hornby is, is not literary fiction. I love Nick
2: Hornby. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's a, it's a tough one. Um, like it's, you can have really sort of, yeah, deeper meaningful stories that are written in an accessible way. Does that make yeah. them any less worthy than something that, is exploring a deeper meaningful way in language that you can't even decipher or you need to study rather than read i don't know yeah so is it do you think is it more
0: literary fiction is by design less accessible to people who aren't like english students
2: (laughs) oh yeah i don't know if it's by design I think it's not by design. No, no. no I, think I, think, I think
1: it has high. I think it's. I think it's. A, it's an intention or aspiration thing of the author. I think. Um, yeah. Or even perhaps of the, the the critics and the reviewers, right? I, th- I think. Like, I don't think any. I don't think any genre fiction has ever won the Booker Prize. Um, not that I can think of. No. Um, but I, I, you know, I think there are some, like, uh, just detective fiction that is incredibly beautifully written mm. and and insightful.
0: Mm. But I think I I mean,
1: Danny and I have talked about hard-to-like albums which you're supposed to like, like Trout Mask Replica and, and, you know, stuff.
2: Sometimes you just want to listen to the Beatles, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't... <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I should probably feel more strongly about it with, yeah, hard-to-listen-to music. But sorry, Danny, yes.
0: No, I was just going to say, James, do you, would you say, like... Mayor of East Town is literary fiction versus just a detective story.
1: Nah, it's 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 it, if if Mayor of East Town was a was a novel, it would be a, a a really good detective story. Okay, really good thriller. Which which really good thrillers are, are, are hugely insightful um, and and uh, of, of, of the human condition.
2: I think. Um, yeah, I think it's sort of Mark fun. Billingham. I think is superb one of the things that that um the literary tries to do is it tries to challenge the reader i think like challenge your perspective yeah and right so if it is challenging you in some way rather than serving up something that's relatively comfortable like like crime fiction does that a lot it generally has a formula it can be beautifully written but if it follows that classic crime formula even if it are, is asking some interesting questions, then it's probably not lit, not literary fiction because it's not kind of like tackling something new. Are there literary graphic novels? Yes, yes, there are. Um, is
1: literary in this in this context another word, a, a synonym for worthy? Oh, I
2: hope not. I hope not. No, I think I think in some circles some would would think that, and I think that it has that. That thing about it, literary is like, these books are better than genre fiction. And I think in the past, that certainly was an attitude, a prevalent attitude. Nowadays, I'm not Mm. so sure. Um, I hope not. Yeah, but an an answer to uh, the literary graphic novels, I would say... Mouse? Mouse? I would say Mouse is, is definitely. Literary so Mouse, comic. Mouse, there's there's an acceptable side
1: of graphic novels, right? Which Mouse and Persepolis. Yeah, Persepolis. That was another one. I'm yeah, Persepolis. Of. Yeah. yeah. But those are those are the ones that I mean, as as someone who who knows nothing about graphic novels at all, those are the books that I've immediately assumed that I'm not gonna like, you know, superhero shit and superhero stuff. Yeah. Um, and have felt all right going into. A, a literary bookshop and 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 going out with um, Persepolis and Mouse and because of my prejudices against the genre of of literary fi- of, 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 of of graphic novels, right? Oh, and I see that's, that's, what you mean. Yeah, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I so don't, lit, just, lit, lit, yeah. literary
0: um, novels are like the Oscar winners of movie making. Where they're not necessarily any good, but they placate all the right people.
1: <laughs> I and- thought I thought exactly that yeah. with Nomadland. It's exactly what I thought. Yeah, Nomadland I thought was was the film version of Sunken Lands begins. I thought it was just <laughs> twaddle. Twaddle. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever said twaddle before. I've said it eighteen times in this pod. Yeah, but uh, talking talking about talking about. Uh, uh, Literary fiction, or, or sort of being being a challenge to the reader. I, I genuinely don't know how someone approaches some of those thick sci-fi books. Oh, yeah, the 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 a, a world built and tiny print and eighteen volumes. Those, those that that to me is is a challenge that I'm frankly not prepared to take on. But and yet and yet you've read Lord of the Rings. Oh, but Lord of the Rings is is, is <laughs> I, 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 uh, uh, Lord of the Rings is
2: just a fairy tale, isn't it? Well, it is a tome. It's it's a series a bit, ooh, of tomes. A massive I, talking book. Yeah, I never did. Oh. I, I have to admit, I never did. I, I skipped over a huge chunk of the Two Towers. Um, right. It was too many bloody Elfish songs and things like that for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> my favourite bits, yeah. So I just like ah, go get, on, sing another song, for yeah.
1: But then my 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 main way of consuming Tolkien was through the um, BBC Radio play version of it. So I'm a former Mr. Frodo <laughs> I'm it, I get emotional. <laughs> <laughs> You're a former Sam. <laughs> well, I don't think I've ever heard that. That'd be great. Oh man, you must. It, it's, it's beautiful. It's got Ian Holm and it's got um Robert Stevens and it's got who plays Michael Horden plays Gandalf. It's it's utterly
2: fantastic. That sounds good. Where would one find oh, yeah. that? Is it on Spotify? It's it's on Audible. It's on Audible.
0: Mm.
2: I'm sure it's on YouTube as well. That
1: would be that would be awesome. I used to I used to fall asleep listening to it. Um,
0: I was just going to say, like with the Oscar comparison, I think like a lot of the Oscar movies that actually go out to mm-hmm. to write or you know, to produce a movie that fulfills all those like things yeah. that will hopefully make them win that Oscar. Like maybe that's like. A,
1: a, I, think, a parallel I think the Oscar to, analogy isn't isn't a direct analogy to. Um, literary fiction and like booker because I think, I think literary fiction is harder than
0: less accessible Oscar films,
1: Oscar films. right? Yeah. Oscar yeah, Less Oscar accessible films are often, mm. are often, um, subject matter is, is, is important for them. Yeah, Cause actually often, I
2: don't think a David um, Lynch movie has ever won an Academy award. Has it? No, which is, which is literary fiction of, of the film
1: world. Right. Totally. Um, yeah. David Lynch and, and, um, Vim vendors, Vim vendors. Vim vendors,
2: Vim vendors. Oh, that bloke, you know. yes. yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, yes, so highbrow is what you're talking about.
2: Yeah, <gasps> art house,
0: art, art house, house highbrow. But then, like, not all literary fiction is. Oh, no, art oh that's house. fucking twaddle too. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. yeah. I mean, it it depends if you appreciate the art. Uh, or whether it resonates with you at all, like I mean, it you know. Uh, similarly with graphic novels, I think like to to sort of look down upon graphic novels just because they're picture books is kind of missing the point.
2: Mm. It's the same same thing with horror, yeah. But but yeah, definitely, yeah. Neil Gaiman's Sandman it 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 walks that fine line between um, it's still, funnily enough, kind of dealing with superheroes, and mm. but it does it in such did it well especially for the time did it such a fresh way that mm. it could definitely it steps over the line into literary at times okay and that's that's one that's neil gaiman on his own right uh yes but writing for well, he we he, he, he wouldn't he wasn't the artist no no but um no. he was right. contracted he was basically contracted by oh gosh who's who's sandman under is it dc uh um, dark I think dark force Vertigo, wasn't it? Vertigo, yes. Contracted by Vertigo to basically reinvent this character called the Sandman, oh, who I think was part of the Marvel Universe, now that I remember it.
0: Huh.
2: Yeah, he was a Marvel superhero that they wanted to reinvent, and he just totally went in a completely different direction with it. Went back to the original kind of mythology and created his own mythology. And oh, It's just astounding. Hmm. But
0: they're, they're, they're like, there's a common thread of characters, but they're very much like standalone characters stories aren't they
2: they the actual
0: the the individual stories are kind i mean there's there's recurring so there are some recurring characters but each like story is like a standalone thing dealing with different characters like characters for that episode
2: yeah it's it's almost like a tv series where um yeah there's a there's a central character the sandman who's in every single one but then yeah each is a self-contained story but then again, each story still influences the later stories. Like, you pick up threads from the previous episodes. Like any two good mm-hmm. TV show should do. Like, yeah. Oh, Peaky Blinders. Now, there's literary television, for instance. You think? I would say so. I would say so. I don't know. I, I would put
0: that in genre. I would have thought it was very oh, really? pulpy. It is kind of pulpy. No? Yeah, uh. no, I, th- I thought... It's, but next next season is going to have Stephen Frame in it. Is it Stephen Frame? He's been in it before, isn't
1: he? No, he hasn't. I think he's just been. Oh, he's been in everything else in the world. I really enjoy Peaky Blinders, Edwin. I'm not I'm not, not That's not a criticism of of. of, of and I think it's now that he's high. read
0: Sunken Lands begins mm. to fall, he no longer. <laughs> no, no, I'm man. not going to waste He's like not, not going to watch Peaky Blinders ever again. Opulent <laughs> crap. <laughs> We're at 30 minutes now. Everyone's yep. starting to get sleepy. Danny wants to go, doesn't he? No, I don't. I mean, <laughs> I, I just... I'm seeing a, a a limited window for editing tomorrow, is what I'm saying.
2: edwin ding edwin ting
0: edwin ting edwin Thank you very much for joining us tonight, Edwin.
2: Oh, we'll most welcome.
0: One, we'll get one or both of you back on once you've received... The care package from James and had a chance to read. I'm, I'm
1: genuinely looking forward to to, to your input and, and and I want you to really like it. I expect so we're all gonna me. get
0: together and just agree that it's twaddle. And even though I've
1: not I actually don't, I, I don't, read it. I don't think so. Maybe, maybe I hope not. Who knows? I think working working against it was the fact that underneath it were two books on my bedside table that I that I was desperate to get started. Hmm. And and the fact that I was finding it a bit of a slog. Was exacerbated by the fact that I knew that I had Richard Thompson Thompson's autobiography and another book that yeah. were just itching to be read.
0: Yeah, I think that something like that will make you question every every like you'll just be like, shall I just put it down and move on to the next thing because I'm more excited about that? And then you start not paying attention to the thing that you're reading very yeah. much. Mm, you know, so
2: should, maybe you actually lost the thread. Mm, although a good goodness. book should keep you. Tied and it should uh, you. Yeah. Like, yeah, thread a Jew yeah you. absolutely agree
0: not if a, a better book is sitting underneath it every night on your
1: bedside and table to its credit I did I did I did carry on with it right I did yeah I wanted to know what happened and, but that's because and you were in the end nothing happened so you know um, whoa spoilers that sounds like literary
2: fiction it does <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. and does. on that note Edwin thank you so much for <laughs> coming you, on Edwin. Sugary
2: Brew right, so, please look forward
1: to next time keep listening of course, of course. And, and all all the best with your yurt.
2: <laughs> with the yurt. Thank you.
1: All right, well, we'll be back
0: to say goodbye after this. Welcome back.
1: Welcome back. Well, that was Welcome back. So, Edwin, it was lovely to talk to Edwin, wasn't it?
0: An unexpected conversation with our
1: literary giant. Do you know what I'm really Edwin. liking about Sugary Brew and, and our uh, increasing... Uh, listenership is that we uh, I was chatting during the week to a, a, a very good friend of mine called Adam Jeffrey Cole who is a, a musician and general um, folk superstar I used to be in a band called Trappist Afterland um, great stuff um, and he he has agreed to be our, our resident folks bird which actually sounds filthy when you say it out loud um, okay. <laughs> and he given given me lots of lots of um, tips of, 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 of different sort of areas of, of the folk genre to, to to try and get Danny to listen to um, and what what I love so, so shout out to Adam um, what I really love is that we have people like um, Edwin and Adam and, and our, our linguists Zoe and Jen
0: I was actually looking up a, a quick message from Jen who um, has been listening to that Donovan album and she found this one from that Four Little Ones album James was playing it's glorious poetic folk lullaby my favorite kind she says and she's talking about the lullaby of spring yeah love it love it
1: well so if if she appreciated the uh the tip off if sugary brew has done nothing um other than to 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 point jen in the direction of some obscure donovan stuff then then we've done our (laughs) uh, done our work
0: yes we have
1: (laughs) <laughs> all right well um it's getting late and you've got to be up real i do early. i've got to i've got a pack for the market, the market and then hopefully go and earn a living and uh, schlepping my my wares at the nelson market if you if you're around tomorrow you're there every week so if
0: someone hears this and wants to go hang out with the brew of sugary brew, that
1: was lovely to talk to edwin and, and I, I very yep. much look forward to talking about uh, their their take on 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 on, on uh, sunken lands so lovely stuff <sighs> okay have a cup of tea